Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Well, there are a little bit of nerves going on in Washington, D.C. about the future of the $40 billion Ukrainian aid package. Uh, is it because of the cost? Is it because of the politics? Or is there something else beyond the headlines? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, as we look at the obvious challenges uh, in the face of war in Ukraine and where the United States support is going, uh, the package, of course, of $40 billion in aid to Ukraine uh, passed the House of Representatives yesterday. Uh, is this an opportunity to move things forward in a united way, or are there some uh, things potentially getting in the gears to make sure this uh, money actually gets spent the way it's supposed to be? And when, of course, is ABC News correspondent based in Washington, D.C. Am, thanks for joining us today. Happy to be here. Uh, so let's uh, let's break this down a little bit in terms of where the monkey wrench might be. Uh, as uh, of course the Senate was hoping for a uh, a quick passage there, but uh, tell us where some of the snags might lie. Right. So this is forty billion dollars. It is a lot of money that the U.S. wants potentially approved in the Senate and then passed on to President Biden to be sent to Ukraine. And they want this ASAP because they don't want to lapse in the support for Ukraine's defenses against the Russian invasion. But here's the thing. We've heard from President Biden that at this point, there's about a week left before the U.S.'s military assistance is expected to run out. Hence, that ASAP urgency that we've heard from top Democrats and Republicans. We heard just today from Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, who said, quote, I strongly support the next package. He's talking about the $40 billion. I hope the Senate can reach an agreement to consider and pass legislation today. So he uses the word today, which is why we're watching very closely to see if a vote could come as soon as today into the evening. Now, you mentioned that this already had passed the House uh, late Tuesday. It was 368 to 57. So obviously a lot of bipartisan support for this package. But here's the thing. So right now in the Senate, let's say it's brought up for a vote. There's a couple of things that have to happen. One is in order to get this legislation actually out of the order in which there's, you know, a long order of bills that still need to be considered in the Senate, there's something called unanimous consent. And that means all senators need to be on board with moving forward and considering this bill. 
But we've heard from Senator Rand Paul of Kentucky, who says that while he supports Ukraine, he still wants to consider an amendment to create a watchdog for this funding to ensure that this money gets to where it should go. It's um, called the term here in Washington is inspector general, basically some is supposed to continue to watch very closely about the oversight of this money. And on top of that, he said previously that he's also concerned with the country's inflation and how this bill of new money might affect it. And so in that case, when it comes to unanimous unanimous consent, uh, Senator Rand Paul could be a senator to hold up this type of bill. Now, once, let's say, they do get to the amendments, and if Paul does succeed in getting these amendments passed, that means at that point, the bill would have to go back to the House. That adds on another layer of time before we can get back to where it should be, which is the president's desk and therefore to Ukraine. Yeah, uh, and great uh, breakdown of that process, uh, that this uh, idea of uh, having unanimous unanimous consent to move on to the bill that that is required uh i think the things that uh that senator paul are are suggesting i think are some good things that everybody would probably agree on normally but then of course it's well if we do that then it slows it down and then we got to send it back to the house and who knows what happens right. then and does that change uh we know it's uh, almost 4 10 p.m eastern time in our nation's capital uh we do know that the uh the jets at uh, Washington Reagan are uh, revving up, but most of those flights mm-hmm. leave at about five. Uh, is is this one of those where that uh, jet fumes are going to be the great elixir, and we get a quick deal and get this to the president's desk, or are we looking at uh, this uh, rocking over into next week? I mean, it's very possible if this were to happen, in which that. Senator Rand Paul would bring up amendments. And let's say, for instance, in the occasion that he brings up amendments and they still have this filibuster, they can end the filibuster technically with 60 votes. But at that point, according to Senator, if they do end the filibuster, they would have to have an interval day, meaning tomorrow. Mm. And then the day after that is when they can even figure out if they're going to vote on this bill. So it really could get pushed into next week. That's the idea here. If this bill is brought up and if Senator Rand Paul does push these amendments, then it could get dragged into next week. And remember, even if ideally it was going to be approved today, which is what McConnell seems to be uh, pushing for, they would still need time to get to the president's desk. The bill then would need time to get um, all finalized where the agencies can release those funds, the equipment to get out there to Ukraine. That would take another few days or weeks. And remember, that time is ticking down. The time is of the essence, as Speaker Pelosi has said, because remember, just a couple of days ago, President Biden said it was 10 days left until that military assistance was expected to run out. And at this point, it's about a week. And so certainly we're going to be watching this very closely because every step takes a long time. Yeah. Um, and so if this were to come up today and if Senator Rand Paul were to get these amendments in, it could get dragged into next week. Yeah, and I think that's so important. You know, when the, the president announced the, the need for speed on this, when he announced what was initially a, a $33 billion request, it's uh, since gone up uh, in, as it's been working its way through the House and the Senate. Uh, we also had an intervening week where uh, Congress, the House was out of session, and so nothing happened, nothing moved. Right. Uh, we lost uh, almost a full eight days uh, right there. And so this is another one of those that I think becomes a messaging challenge, uh, particularly for the president, uh, because he did speak so emphatically. I think the American people said, OK, that is a lot. 
and uh, we think this is a good investment for the the freedom of Ukraine and to be supportive there. And then we've had you know a long time ticking away, and I think the American people start to wonder, oh, how urgent is it really, and uh, why is it always taking so long? Mm-hmm. Certainly, there is a question of the timing. And remember, during that time in which the House was out for recess, that week or so, they were also considering adding in COVID-19 aid. And that's something the administration had wanted. So they were trying to work all of that out. Ultimately, by Monday or Tuesday, they figured out, yeah, we're going to have to separate the two issues because Republicans simply will not be voting on this bill if that COVID-19 aid was still in there. And so that was something else that they were considering. And that's when congressional Democrats decided, hey, let's throw in some more money for military food and humanitarian aid, as well as the president's drawdown fund in order to kind of get to that point. And so that's how it got to $40 billion. Again, a lot of money. Some pundits are saying, yeah, this is First, $33 billion request, now $40 billion request. It's somewhat historic. Some are arguing that there should be more of a coordination and strategy from the U.S. to Ukraine to help deter Putin, rather than just throwing more and more and more money at the problem. But, of course, at this point here in Congress, we are seeing a vast bipartisan support for these types of aid packages. Uh, great breakdown, as always. M. Wynn, ABC News correspondent based in Washington, D.C. Uh, it can be a very complicated and uh, sometimes mind-numbing and sometimes hair-pulling <laughs> exercise <laughs> to work through all the things there. But, M., we appreciate you helping us break it down today. Thank you. Thanks so much. All right. Uh, some really great breakdown there from M in terms of what the process looks like and how that moves through. Uh, I have to say, I do agree with Senator Paul in terms of, look, can we not just have somebody in charge of oversight? Uh, this is a, this is a historic amount of money. Uh, it, it's more than we spend on a lot of other departments combined. Uh, so it is a big amount of money. Can we not have somebody in place to just make sure, like always, there's no waste, fraud, abuse, that there's transparency, and ultimately that there's accountability for what's appropriated, what gets spent, and what the outcomes are. I think that's an important conversation. Uh, the fact that we're having it late on a Thursday when senators and members of Congress are trying to get out of town is part of the problem. Uh, I think this one's going to take a few more days uh, unless they really lean on Senator Rand Paul uh, and get him to capitulate on no amendments, which means the bill would just pass and move on to the president's desk. We'll continue to watch it. It's an important process. Uh, we got to get the process working better so we can get better legislation and better results. With Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.